0: If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Sherry Hill Show. Like most unrepentant entrepreneurs, I think business is the most fascinating and complex game I know. Each of us is paid to play, but more important, we have the option to increase our enthusiasm, increase our enjoyment, and increase our self-fulfillment if we understand the game we're playing. My guest today is Dr. Greg Winteregg, an entrepreneur, lecturer, and author of the book, Fun at Work, so you gain more time, freedom, profit, and get to do more of what you love to do. So welcome. Greg, thank you for joining me.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Sherry. I'm very excited to be
0: here. So let's talk about, you know, fun at work. I'm sure some people say that's an oxymoron, but let's talk about why you wrote the book.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I'm 63 now, and I'm kind of at a point where um, I've had the opportunity to reflect back on my, my entrepreneurial endeavors. I'm quite a reader. I read a lot of different books. And what kind of struck me a few months ago is I'll read a book, and in this one particular chapter, I'm like, well, I did that. Um, I've applied this, another book. And so it kind of pieced together, and I started reflecting back on my life and my endeavors. I think it's more of an autobiography <laughs> than anything else. Um, I'm a, I graduated from dental school in 1981, I don't broadly promote that because dentists are notoriously bad business owners. With a lot of um, training and reading, and I connected with a, a great management company in 1992 in Chicago, I learned the basics of business. And no one came to my, com- my, my practice and told me what to do or figured it out for me. I, I read books. I did courses. I went to seminars. And it was all on marketing, sales, organization, management, leadership, etc. And in 12 months, I went from a practice that was really operating under its own break-even point to doubling the practice, bringing on an associate, and by the age of 38, basically being semi-retired. And I was then offered a partnership at the management company because of the way I applied everything so well. And that dental practice management company is now arguably the largest in North America. We have clients in 48 states, five provinces in Canada. Uh, at the seminar that I'm doing this week, we actually have a doctor flying in from Madrid, Spain. Uh, we have uh, staff that we've we've taught in uh, Moscow, and practiced there. So, uh, I've just I just learned business basics, and uh, I was inspired to just help general business owners now apply just general business information and um, kind of like spread spread the wealth.
0: That's awesome, and I know you work with a lot of small businesses and folks yeah. like that. But let's talk about that because when you talk about fun at work, I mean, you know, generationally uh, we're in different places and the younger uh, demographic, you know, they do want exactly what you're talking about. They want freedom and they want time and they want adventure and, so how do we, you know, as business owners or leaders in organizations really start to incorporate some of what you have done, you know, uh, as yeah. far as as making it so that we all are having a good time and we are gaining our personal freedom?
1: Well, for me, and and this is actually the the second chapter in the book where I look back at at every job I've done, I've been able to make it fun just by the way I approached it, but that was just for me personally. Now, how do I create a group that is having fun? And it is definitely more than just dollars per hour, salary per week, or benefits and three weeks paid vacation. For me, it boils down to purpose. What is the purpose of the organization? Now part of the purpose is to make a profit and stay open but that is not the overriding primary purpose the purpose of the organization must be in my opinion to help the customer to help the client so you have to establish a basic purpose of the organization and that purpose needs to be to help the pro- to help the customer solve a problem And so I've worked out an exercise, just a very basic exercise, because it's very good and there, you know, maybe you've even seen videos or read books. So you have to find what motivates you. But then practically, how do you do that? So I've worked out an exercise that is just very simple. Everybody can do it. So you say, my basic purpose is to help blank who live in blank achieve blank. By providing blank. So we can do this exercise just real simply with you, Sherry. Okay. What? Why do you have this show? What is your purpose? Your purpose is to help?
0: Business owners.
1: Right? Who live in?
0: Northern Nevada.
1: Good. And what do you want them to achieve? What do you want to help those business owners in Northern Nevada achieve? Uh,
0: through education. Well, experience people like you that they normally would never have come into contact with for for ways to grow their business or, you know, stay in business.
1: Right. So then what service are you providing?
0: So I would say it's the education or the uh, access to resources.
1: Right. So then your basic purpose. Is to help business owners who live in northern Nevada expand and grow their business by providing educational experience from yourself and other people outside the area. Right. Absolutely. Okay, so that that now is your basic purpose. So when you're hiring, yeah, you need to talk about dollars per hour, salary, benefits, et cetera. But before we get into that, what you do is you sit down and you say, so here's the basic purpose of my company. Blah, blah, blah. So in my dental practice, my basic purpose was to help my patients who lived in my county live a longer life by keeping their teeth, and I provided top-notch quality dentistry because it's not broadly advertised that people with teeth live longer than people without teeth. And so my staff, I had three staff members that drove from outside the county because my purpose was to help the patients live longer. So as far as having fun, it was fun to go to work. And, yes, we had bonus games and, and you know, quarterly bonuses and, and all those kinds of things. But on a daily basis, those things aren't not gonna, are not going to help you when the going gets tough or your schedule falls apart or you're running behind. It's like, well, why are we here? We're here to help the people in this practice live longer. And so what I do during an interview is the first thing I do is I lay out my purpose, whatever the company is and position that I'm hiring for. So this is the purpose of my company. Here's how this position is going to forward the purpose of my company. And then we start having a discussion about, can you get excited about my purpose? I mean, my in my dental practice, the purpose was to help patients keep their teeth. Well, if I'm interviewing somebody that doesn't care about their teeth, then it doesn't matter mechanically, maybe they're good with the computer or schedule, but if that's not their purpose, then they're not going to have any fun. They're not going to enjoy their job. Then they're showing up just for a paycheck. So for me, my quote unquote secret to my success is I just surround people that are excited about my purpose, no matter what the company is that I'm running
0: at the moment. Well, you know, it's really interesting. I imagine you as well, you know, in the nonprofit world, it's always mission driven, right? And finally, I would say, you know, trend over the last decade is that the for-profit businesses have come to realize that they also have to have purpose. They also have to be operating from the heart. And so it's it's a good trend. (laughs) so that yeah. A good yeah so that okay. you know we are having fun at work and we go home every day feeling like we've accomplished something and we've helped people and we've served people and so that old theory of we're all in it just for the profits doesn't fit in culture especially in America really anymore people don't do business with people who have that kind of a thought process
1: yeah, and I think really that thought process that is all profit driven and, you know, all about the money, et cetera, I think it actually repels the public. It, it repels the customers because we know when somebody is selling us just to get the commission and we don't like it. True? Correct. So my sales training is all geared towards interviewing the customer, examining the problem that they have. And then matching up your product or service, with the emphasis on how are you going to help them solve their problem. And so you really have to know in your heart that your product or service is going to help them solve that problem. So it's not about you know there's this this idea out there A B C of selling always be closing. Well, if you're operating with that as your your main idea, then It doesn't matter if you need the product or service. I have to sell it to you because I have to always be closing. But then all my attention is on me. And we don't like that. It's a a turnoff, right? Right. If you're approaching me and my business or on the phone, then the very first thing I'm going to do is say, how can I help you? What's the problem you're trying to solve? How much of a problem is this? And the joke I always make is, are are you sitting on a thumbtack or a nine-inch nail? So – how big is the pain that this problem is causing you? Then if I can't help you solve your problem, then I'm just going to tell you, I, I don't think my product is right for you. Then I refer you to someone. Uh, I, I had someone sit down in front of me uh, two weeks ago and young man, a couple of million dollars in the bank and he's sitting in front of me and I'm like, why are you here? Well, come to find out he's stressed out, he's overworked, he's not seeing his kids, he's working six days a week, all of that. So, so now his problem is time. So now I could sit down and, and now I could help him and I could sell him a service to help him handle his overwhelm and stress about time.
0: Well, that is awesome. And that is going to be a fabulous segue into our second half, because I do <laughs> want to talk about time. So we have awesome. to go to break we come back, I'm going okay. to pick up with this conversation, Dr. Greg Winter Egg, who is based out of St. Petersburg, Florida. And we'll have your contact information on the website, but you're just, you're fascinating. Great. And I love your book, Fun at Work. We'll be right back.
1: If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill. The Wealth Protection Diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today.
0: Call Sage International. Suntech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort and privacy to your home. 352-9396. Suntech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. Suntech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer screening products. 352-9396. Suntech Solar Screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call Suntech Solar Screening for a free estimate. 352-9396. Suntech Solar Screening. If you missed any part of today's show and would like to listen to the podcast, please visit sherryhillshow.com. Dr. Greg Winteregg, entrepreneur, lecturer, and author of a new book, Fun at Work, has for many years taught professionals and small business owners real-world management, sales, and leadership skills so they can achieve the maximum potential for their business. Dr. Winteregg wrote a blog, which will be a three-part series on how to become a master of time. Personally, I've studied and taught the principles of productivity, which for me means that you use your time, talent, energy, and resources in a manner calculated to move you progressively closer to worthwhile goals. Yet, a very important component, which... Greg has addressed, and I think I'd like you to talk about most people right. don't realize is that indecision is an enemy of time so I'd like you to elaborate
1: absolutely you know time is off time talking about time and being efficient with your time oftentimes has a, a tendency to to focus on the functions and making a to-do list and prioritizing your to-do list and you know, you have the electronic things and the Stephen Covey things and the, the planners, and that's, that's all mechanics, and it doesn't matter to me what somebody does. The, the biggest killer of time is indecision. When you think about it, you're sitting here, even if you have a piece of paper in front of you and you're trying to decide what to do with that piece of paper, and you sit there for 30 seconds, do I throw it away, oh, let me put it in this pile of papers on my desk, And I'll get to it later. Okay, well, then you come back and you have this big pile of papers on your desk because you didn't decide what to do with that project or that piece of paper. So for me, the biggest enemy of time is indecision. Because you come back and you go over it again and you kind of have to refresh your mind and then you don't decide. Well, whatever that was for two or three minutes or five minutes and then you come back and you do it again and you do it again. Or here's another great one. Well, I need to talk to someone about this, right? Let me get some advice from a friend. Uh, I'm going to call my accountant. I'm going to call my dad. I'm going to, to, you know, interview people. I'm going to read a book. And so this can go on for weeks. It can go on for months. And there's never anything done. So for me, what I have done to help me conquer time is I sit down with, with a task and I decide. And in the first segment, I talked about purpose. All right, so first of all, does this task or does this activity align with my basic purpose? If it doesn't, it goes to the bottom of the pile or in the garbage. Let's say it does decide. It it does align with my basic purpose, and I decide what I'm going to do. Am I going to make a phone call? Am I going to send an email? What am I going to do with this activity? So now I've decided. And if I do need to check with my accountant, of course I do. But then I don't let my accountant take a week to get back with me. He knows that he needs to respond to me in 24 hours. I just put that kind of pressure down because otherwise we're just wasting time. Now, after I decide, the next key thing is I have to start. So I've decided if I'm going to do A or B. And now I've decided to do A. Good. I'm going to do something on the task list. So I'm going to sit down in order to accomplish A, I'm going to write out 10 things that I need to do. All right, so today I'm going to do the first thing. And that's all I have time for. Well, tomorrow then I'm going to do the second and the third thing. And so I have my every day planned out with all my activities aligned with my basic purpose. So I've decided and now I've started to do something. And I have three different organizations that I'm heavily involved in and I have a lot of phone calls to make, a lot of emails to handle. Every day, I'm moving forward on every one of those organizations and companies with some sort of a task is because it's my purpose. So I've decided, and now I've started. And then finally, I have to delegate. If the entire activity is just centered around me and my capabilities and my talents, I'm going to be completely overwhelmed. I'm never going to get everything done, and I'm going to end up working 12 and 14 hours a day, six and seven days a week. So what I do is I hire people, and we also talked about this in the first segment, I hire people who are fired up about my basic purpose, and then I give them a project or a task. Now, there are certain things that require my skill, my talent, my experience, but then there are other basic things that I can delegate off to this this new hire, or this person may even, they have experience, but they're new to my activity. So for me, I make decisions fast, and I start. Now, some people, before they start, will have to sit down and plan. What if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? And as far as I'm concerned, that's just another big waster of time. You have to start, because when you're sitting there planning, on two or three things that could go wrong, and then you'll pivot like this, and then you'll go that. And it's like, well, usually what I found is you had three things that could go wrong, but there was none of those went wrong. It was something unexpected. And so it's a complete waste of time trying to plan out and make everything go perfect. So for me, I decide, I start, I surround myself with great people who are aligned with my purpose, and I give them responsibility. I'll give them a problem that popped up that we didn't expect and say, here, go do some research on this, you're a smart person, figure it out, and bring your solution back to me. And so that's how I get so much done every day, is I do things fast, I make my decisions fast, and then anything that anyone else can do, I delegate to them, and they're really excited because we're all forwarding the basic purpose of the organization.
0: Absolutely. And one of the things I learned years ago, I call it whole life planning, because it's yeah. it's easy to try and segment personal from professional, but when you're busy, and you've got a lot on your plate, you also have to account for the commitments that you have made to your children, your grandchildren, to your friends, yeah. to your family. And so by yeah. understanding back to kind of your purpose... Um, what am I saying yes to, and more importantly, what am I saying no to? Yep. Because. Absolutely. And
1: and so in in our family, I mean, uh, all of my kids either work for me in my businesses or have their own business. And so everybody's busy, but, you know, with text messaging and all of that, it's very easy to communicate nowadays. And generally speaking, Sunday is family day. So we generally have dinner together on Sunday night. People may go their separate ways during the day, but that's just kind of become our family routine. It's sort of like a family date night. And that's how we've pulled everything together so that everything is balanced and it's not just business, business, business all the time. So I love your idea of the whole life planning because you can't ignore one particular aspect of your life. Otherwise, it becomes lopsided and and it's no fun.
0: Well, yeah. And if and if you were to lay out and look at what have you already committed to over the next three months, six months or a year, it makes decision making easier because it's real clear. I cannot commit to something else. I cannot add something else to my plate no, I can't take on this project right now. And it just, when we talk about what's the whole purpose of all of this, it's to reduce stress, improve our productivity and achieve some personal freedom so we can go have fun.
1: That's exactly right. That's 100% right. And the other part, if I can kind of come back around to the title of the book is I always make whatever we are doing a game. It's always fun. Uh, I took a couple of staff to a to a seminar a few weeks ago and I was sure we we got up early we had to get up at 5:30 in the morning to make the seminar we worked hard all day but I was sure and certain that we stopped at a great restaurant on the way home you know we didn't catch a burger in the car or whatever so we are going to have fun it was a unique Tex Mex restaurant and you know we had the guacamole made right there at the table we had dessert so I promise I am always going to make it fun because if it's a drudgery, nobody's going to stay around. It doesn't matter what they're being paid. And, and I'm sure you have stories as well as I, I, that people people will leave a company for less money if it's no fun.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah.
1: so well, for me, the the foundation is having a basic purpose and then just getting everybody online with that, getting them aboard with that and play games, have bonuses, and, just have a, have a lot of fun. Just make it a game.
0: Well, and celebrate. Celebrate your wins. Yeah. And, you know, as everyone, that's, uh, I like you, the analogy of sports because it's like, you know, you know when you're winning the game. And then you celebrate yep. when you win. And, you know, it's just one of my most favorite things is when I'm in the office and I hear laughter. Yeah. And, and, you know, how many places have you been where you never hear anybody laughing? And to yeah. me, it's like it's, it's a bonus because we know laughter heals. And um, sometimes I might be the reason they're laughing, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I love that by
1: you, that's awesome
0: Yeah, so I'm talking to Dr. Greg Winteregg He is an entrepreneur, a lecturer Author of the book, Fun at Work And if you want to find out more information Or tap into his new blog He's only written the first segment Which we kind of touched on here About the time management So, uh, Greg, where where Can people go find you?
1: Okay, so go to www.funatwork.com thebook.com. Now, the other thing that I just want to throw in here, this is going to be a very different book. I haven't honestly ever seen a book like this, and that at the end of every chapter, there are exercises and drills. So in the first segment, you and I did the quick little drill of helping you just have a clear statement of your basic purpose. So I have very simple exercises throughout the entire book after every chapter, and at at funatworkthebook.com, they will be able to get a free PDF download and used it like a workbook. So I really, really love teaching people how to get control of their life and reduce their stress. And if somebody would just get the book and do the exercises, they're going to have a lot more fun and a lot less stress.
0: Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for joining me today. Really appreciate and the fact that uh, we're now connected. So that's awesome. Yeah,
1: appreciate you having me. This, this has been a great interview. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So I want to thank you for tuning in to The Sherry Hill Show